0: welcome to ChickFlix, I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and we love movies. Horror movies are the only genre of film where women appear and speak as often as men. If you think that is both very cool and very terrible, we agree and are here to talk about it. On today's episode, we're talking about the movies A Quiet Place and Hush.
1: A Quiet Place is a 2018 film written by Jim from The Office and two other dudes. It stars Jim from The Office and his real-life wife and very beautiful person, Emily Blunt. The film follows a family living in a post-apocalyptic world ravaged by vicious alien creatures who have used sound to hunt and kill most of the Earth's population. Jim and Emily Blunt's family live on a farm, and they have seemingly lasted a year into the aliens' assault because of Jim's ingenuity and their ability to use American Sign Language. They have three children at the start of the film, two boys and an older daughter who is deaf. Mackenzie, did you
0: like this movie? I did like it. I don't think it's as good as people are making it out to be. But I did like it. It was good. It had good suspense. Emily Blunt's performance was great. Those are just a few of the things.
1: Emily Blunt is an MVP in everything she's in. She really is.
0: Very beautiful and she's talented. so good. So beautiful. And yes. She picks good movies too. So
1: she really does. I can't think of a stinker I've seen her in she's not to get on a tangent about how beautiful Emily Blunt is, but she's the type of pretty where you see like a picture of her and you're like, she's pretty. But for some reason, seeing her move like in a, like film on screen, you're like, wow, she's really pretty. Like when she moves her face and stuff, the face is very pretty. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we liked Emily Blunt's performance. (laughs) I liked, I liked the movie as well. I thought the, um, I thought the premise of people living in a world where they're, unable to create any sound was pretty genius for a horror movie. But I think all of the other stuff they did to kind of construct a world like that, um, I kind of didn't like. So, as you mentioned earlier, um, there are these alien creatures and on Wikipedia it says that they're known as Death Angels, which I didn't I think they have that somewhere yeah, in, they, in the in the show
0: it on one of those like newspaper clippings in right. gyms. Like do you really think someone would call them death angels <laughs> um i feel someone like who's like the, super uh, into metal uh,
1: i feel like one of yeah, our college American friends news would, media
0: like <laughs> that's true that.
1: yeah like a death angel um so i liked the the that the general premise kind of allowed there to be jump scares um made around sound editing yeah well
0: i liked that the premise like I liked how the premise was used to build up tension, but I don't think there was enough. It also kind of crippled the film just because it was so implausible (laughs) that I just kept wanting to pick apart all the things. And I know that it's a sci-fi horror movie. I have to suspend my disbelief, but it was just so much. (laughs) Well,
1: I feel like I hate when people do that as well, when they like, especially with sci-fi and horror, as we'll see later with the movie Hush, um, kind of pick apart the character's reasoning or, um, ability or decision-making. Um, because I, I, the whole point of, I think, horror is also to put your, yourself in the, the, the place of someone, um, experiencing like pure terror and people under those circumstances don't always make the best or most informed decisions, but a quiet place and it's, and it's the movie's premise and world building has so many holes that I think it kind of like cripples, Uh, it's execution because this is a spoiler, but maybe I'm getting ahead. But at the end of the film, you just would hope that the American government and governments around the world and military would be able to figure out a way to kill these, these fucking aliens. It wouldn't
0: be left to like this (laughs) family, this farm family and
1: they have gigantic ears and are sensitive to sound. So, I don't know. I would hope it would be pretty evident within maybe a day of the Death Angels <laughs> getting here that they're very sensitive to
0: sound. Yeah, <laughs> I agree.
1: Um, so, John Krasinski helped write and starred in this movie as well as directing it. And I think that, as a director, he did a pretty good job. What did you think of John Krasinski's uh, directing?
0: I thought it was a lot better than his performance. Um, I guess I just Ooh, don't buy burnt. him as a... Uh, I don't know. A
1: a horror auteur. He's definitely no Jordan Peele, but I feel like people are trying to be like, this is this year's Get Out.
0: Yeah. I disagree. I also disagree. It's definitely not as smart as Get Out Mm -hmm. at all. Yes. (laughs) Yes. By any standard. (laughs) Um, Yes. But but it was... I mean, it was pretty... (laughs) and yeah and uh and like i said it did it was very suspenseful so <laughs> mm-hmm. let's talk about how pretty it was so the
1: movie is set on a farm in a remote rural area it's where the family has been living um and they've kind of fortified it against the aliens and they have returned to very traditional gender roles as they live on um, on the farm. John Krasinski goes out and he hunts and he, as I said, he fortifies the farm from alien threat by a series of lights and other defense mechanisms. <laughs> While Emily Blunt is literally shown in this movie to cook, clean, and teach the children. And give birth. <laughs> and give birth. Um, yeah, the extreme emphasis on the family unit in this movie makes it seem like Emily Blunt's pregnancy isn't a totally dangerous and irresponsible decision, which I think it is.
0: I think this is where I'm coming from, but I did get a lot of like pro-life vibes from the movie, Yeah. and I don't think that was intended. I think maybe if a w- woman had written it, it would be... She might have caught that. (laughs) Yeah. It Um, just, so to set that up a
1: bit more, um, the film's main action takes place a few hundred days into the alien invasion. And we first see Emily Blunt at the start of the film and she is not pregnant. Then there's a time jump and she is pregnant. So it's implied that they got pregnant with the full reality (laughs) of the death angels hunting them. And they've kind of taken steps to prepare for the pregnancy. They've made a bunker, underneath the house that's soundproof and they have a weird little coffin that it's it's shown that the baby will go right into the strange coffin with an oxygen mask to keep it silent and that just seems so ludicrous to me um and so unbelievable that that would keep anyone safe
0: right yes and like what does that do like put it in a coma like it isn't gonna like are they how would you
1: raise a child in total silence it's gonna
0: like run around at some point you know like Or like, Uh,
1: theoretically, who knows what they're planning to do with this baby, but definitely. And I feel like Emily Blunt's character, so there's one scene where she, in almost near silence, gives birth to this baby. And I feel like her strength, her very like natural feminine strength to give birth under these circumstances is like lauded, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't get around how irresponsible it seemed to their exactly. living children. It's like,
0: uh, at least I listened to pop culture happy hour today mm-hmm. and they are talking about this movie and they were talking about how it was possibly a metaphor for if we should bring children into this like, into our reality because it's yeah. so horrible right now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, that's not how I read the movie, but I can see how that might be what uh, John Krasinski and the other writers maybe wanted to say, mm-hmm. but I think that yeah. it it's kind of doesn't fit necessarily to the movie because they already do have children that they should be protecting um, and yeah. themselves they should be protecting themselves Definitely. and by d- having a baby they're jeopardizing like, that exactly so I don't know they should prioritize the yeah they should and like, pull out
1: yeah condoms <laughs> aren't noisy. <laughs> uh, having sex is, (laughs) yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I read that John Krasinski said, and this is a quote, I think in our political situation that what's going on now, you can close your eyes and stick your head in the sand, or you can try to participate in whatever's going on. And this is like, so even keeled middle of the road, like not really close to actually being political at all. It's like him saying like, Mm -hmm. you should, pay attention at the very least and not bury your head. I don't, I did not get that from the film at all. Me neither. I think interpretations where it's about like protecting your, f- being a parent and uh, like I've heard him talk about that, where it's just an extended metaphor for parenthood. That mm-hmm. right, jives with me fine. Mm-hmm. Him trying to apply some sort of political, that kind of political reading of it just doesn't track for me at all.
0: I agree. And if anything, it... Means the other way and is kind of more right-leaning.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, was definitely a decision for it to follow a white family in rural America. This would be a completely different film if it had been shot in a city or about a large group of people trying Mm -hmm. to like banding together to try to avoid um, these monsters. But it just focused on a very small family unit with very traditional gender roles. What did you think of the monster design?
0: I did like it. I like, I mm. like the, um, turn towards more like insecty, like yeah. creatures. I um, liked how long the legs were.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It reminded me of the Cloverfield monster. Um, just cause yeah, there's like these weird quadrupedal, uh, like insect creatures. Mm-hmm. Very scary. I was. I thought they were very scary, and Mm -hmm. uh, watching them move around was very frightening.
0: Yeah, me too. I I definitely was a like it it was definitely was a scary movie. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What do you think was the best scare in the movie? Um, I would say the sequence where she's giving birth because you, it's kind of like an impossible scenario because you know that she's she's injured (sighs) because she.
1: Oh, I was just about to say, I thought the scariest part was when it's clear she's going to step on that fucking nail. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so, I can like feel it in my foot. It was just very visceral.
1: I would die immediately in this universe. I think I would just, I would just die. I know that SNL, I don't know if you caught this. They just, I did. I did. I would, I would just die.
0: I would, you know, I was thinking about it and I don't think I would. Yeah, you're, and you're really good at being quiet. I'm really quiet. And I was also, like, I scare people by, a, like, I scare people because they don't know I'm there. Mm. And then I'll, like, come up on them and they'll, like, jump because they didn't hear me. Yeah. This has happened a lot of times, like, hiking and just in my house. There you go. People. You would
1: be great in this movie.
0: I guess, yeah, maybe. And also, I think, like, being with people... Mm-hmm. I would be less afraid because mm-hmm. being alone is, like, what scares me the most. Yeah. So that's another reason why I think I might be, you know, for, like, courageous, cool. able to do it, possibly.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm happy that um, there's a sequence in the movie where John Krasinski and Emily Blunt listen to an iPod. And I was like, well, yeah. if iPods are still around and I can still listen to a movie on my iPad, then yeah. maybe it won't
0: be so bad. Yeah. Some of the logic for the how much they could hear was kind of, like, iffy oh, to me. yeah. Like, sometimes we whisper and and that's fine. Yeah. And other times it's like, no. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, when the daughter... I don't know. It's like they can't walk on regular dirt. They have to walk on sand. Oh, sand. Yeah. But then... Like the daughter does the test for her cochlear implant and she makes yeah. like, snaps. And I just, I was like, wouldn't the snaps attract them? If, Definitely. Like taking a step on dirt would. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Yeah. I almost wish that they had been able to give more meaningful exposition to the monsters and the rules of the created universe. They try to, by John Krasinski has like a layer where he's written um, like helpful bullet points like, they hunt by sound. No uh, weakness. <laughs> uh, stuff like that. But I don't. I can, and I can't think of a way they could have neatly incorporated um, a backstory without like compromising the mood yeah. of the movie.
0: I, I guess maybe they could have um, had some like radio thing happen. That's true. Although I guess they couldn't have because it was loud. Well, so then maybe you
1: know. we hear a radio man go like. Ah! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mackenzie, here's an important question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Would your mom like this movie?
0: She would like it more than some horror movies for sure. Um she doesn't like gore, and I don't think this is that gory. Wasn't very gory at all. So, I mean it's PG thirteen, right? Yes. Is it? Yeah. So yes. I think I think this would be on the higher end of her uh horror movie spectrum. So I think so although too. she's never watched like The Office or anything. If she had, I think she would have liked it even more. Yes.
1: I think my mom would like it for John Krasinski. Um, Mm. She loves to put on... She likes action movies a lot, uh, but not Mm. so much horror. I don't think I've ever been able to get her to watch a horror movie. But I think this would be uh, the kind of movie she could put on in the background and kind of, like, tune in and out of (laughs) um, and enjoy it that way. And I think she would definitely... Love John Krasinski. And I also think my mom would not be able to survive in this universe. Uh, I I had her. her, Yeah. I had my mom stay at my apartment a few months ago and I just had to remind her every couple minutes, like we're in a small building where other people live. So we just got
0: to keep our voices down to a reasonable level. Should we uh, introduce our moms by name? Sure. My mom is named Amy. My mom is Jan. (laughs) Wow. We have great mom names. Yeah. <laughs> Amy and Jan. Okay, Mackenzie, what would you rate this film? Um, I would say 6 out of 10. That's nice.
1: I would I would say I would also say 6 out of 10. I don't think it should be put on the same um I feel like people are starting to talk about horror Like, there's, like, a horror renaissance where the movies are critically received better than they have been in the past, or, like, more visible names and writers and directors are getting attached to them Mm -hmm. in recent years. Um, But I don't think that this movie, like we said, was on the same level of Get Out or Mm -hmm. offered as many layers to kind of go through. But a 6 out of 10 sounds right to me. I would give it 6 out of 10 Chekhov snails. Okay.
0: I guess yeah. I Just I would recommend it, but it is too vanilla to be up there with the (laughs) like horror renaissance that we're talking about. Yeah, you know, like
1: The Witch and The Babadook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get out! It follows. follows. Get out! Of course, definitely. okay so our next film we're going to talk about is um from 2016 it is called hush it's directed by mike flanagan and written by both mike flanagan and his wife kate siegel who stars in the film i think
0: they uh did oculus they yeah so mike uh wrote and directed it and kate starred in it she Was She just acted in it.
1: Okay, I haven't seen Oculus, so no spoilers.
0: We should watch it. I know, we
1: should watch it. Um, But Hush follows a deaf writer who lives in near isolation, and she is stalked by a psychopathic home invader. And its premise is pretty simple. That's the movie, I would say, in a nutshell, is about her struggle against this uh, psychopath who's trying to enter her home and kill her. Uh, Mm -hmm. And much of the tension of this film is derived from sound editing, And both films feature a deaf female character, which we didn't really touch on in our discussion of A Quiet Place, but the older daughter is deaf. So Mm -hmm. what do you think of, what did you like about Hush?
0: I loved that um, it was written partly by a woman. You can definitely tell. Yes. Um, I also love that a woman was the main character. I also thought it was scarier just because... Home invasion and being alone are scarier things to me.
1: <laughs> Agreed. Probably my yeah. biggest like horror fear is mm-hmm. just if something is has home invasion, that's what gets me.
0: Um, because like then you go to bed at night and you're you could just envision it so clearly.
1: Yeah, happening. But it's a reality in our, our the current world we live in. Yeah, not death angels. Um, yeah, yeah. I also really love this movie. Um I think its strength is in its simplicity of its premise. I love I think that horror movies um a major fault of them very often is that they are heavy on plot in order to facilitate scares but often sacrifice character development um or just like meaningful characters in general in order to kind of get the scares moving um and the mm-hmm. plot going. And since Hush's plot is so basic, um, a deaf woman just fending off a sadistic man, um, Mm -hmm. it excels because we care so much about her far beyond her vulnerability as a deaf woman. Um, In the first maybe 20 minutes, she's established as a writer who is working on um, a a new book. Uh, We Mm -hmm. understand that an illness caused her to be deaf pretty early on in life. And what I particularly love is that her relationship with her family, how it's established. She's, um, seen Skyping with her sister, and this, just this one line in the beginning of the movie, to me, makes her so believable as a character. She's talking to her neighbor, and her neighbor is basically, like, asking her kind of these prying questions about how she writes because she's deaf. And if she hears a voice in her head and she said, is it the voice of you as a 13 year old? And the character, whose name is Maddie says, no, it's my mom's voice. And I was like, even if we don't hear another line about the mom or any other further characterization Mm -hmm. of her and her family, we immediately understand this woman out. Like she becomes so real. She hears her mom's voice in her head.
0: Yeah, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> I loved that. It almost made me cry. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Like that that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: loved that. I what did you think of the 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 villain?
0: I thought he was definitely scarier when he had the mask on. Agreed. Like I think the initial <laughs> scare was the scariest part of the movie for me. Yes. Just when he like First, see him, and you don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But then he's unmasked, and I'm kind of like this stupid white
1: like, guy with a neck tattoo. Man.
0: <laughs> he looks so like dopey and normal. I guess. Yeah,
1: I agree. And like, are dopey-looking white men evil? Lots of the time, yes, they are. In real yes. life. <laughs> um,
0: well, what what did you think was the scariest part? The part, the initial scare with him in the mask.
1: Um, the part that got that made me the most tense was when the neighbor's boyfriend arrives, and you think that she's going to be killed, but you know because it's halfway through the movie that nothing good yeah. is going to happen for this chisel jawed man who comes um, yeah. and is briefly able to incapacitate the the killer. Um, yeah, but then that doesn't work out. This my,
0: on my second rewatch, I was just waiting for that part to happen, and I guess I thought it happened earlier yeah. in the film. Um, so I was just like on edge waiting for that like, and it came and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And it was very sad because I I liked him. Yeah. So I was reading
1: that, um, Mike Flanagan originally wanted to do this as a totally silent movie, but he said he mm. just, because he said something that was interesting to me, which is that the mo- he said the demographic I wanted this movie to be for, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, wouldn't be used to total silence. So he's basically saying like, this is not a movie for actual deaf people he's saying like I, the demographic I'm making this mm. movie for would be unaccustomed to total silence. They need more stimuli. Um, mm. and I know that the deaf community, uh, criticized this movie. I would say rightfully for casting mm. Kate Siegel, who is, um, yeah. a hearing person to play the lead actress. And I read yeah. an interview with her where she kind of spoke to that and was like, I wouldn't do it the same way again. And I'm, I'm mm. deeply apologetic. Okay. So <laughs> I looked up hush on IMDb wondering what the people had to say about this movie, how they rated it, what they thought. And I sorted for one-star reviews to see what they would be like. And I found a few reviews from men that I would like to read. This one's really long. I'm going to just get to the nuts and bolts of it. It's by a man named Robert, who, three lines into his review, he says, crossbows aren't that hard to load, but if she can't load it anyway, she could always just stab the guy with a bolt during any of the one- many opportunities she was given her boyfriend believes some guy with no badge and no uniform with a neck tattoo was a cop give me a break which first of all the boyfriend doesn't believe that for like a second right like it's clear he's (laughs) like this guy is not a cop anyway this is robert again she finally stabs him in the leg and runs away because why not leave the crazed maniac to come alive with you some more to come after you some more She made so many bad decisions, I was rooting for the douchiest home-invading killer in movie history. Oh my god. This is a recurrent theme in these one-star reviews of men going like, The woman made me so mad, I had to root for the killer. Which is Oh god. A man named Carl said, It's never good when a horror movie has you on your hands and knees 20 minutes in saying... Just break the window and kill her already. Oh so my So before God. when I was talking about how immediately the woman, uh, Maddie became so real to me as a person and I cared so much for her, these men did not have that experience. Here's one final review from a man named Bob. Oh, he to set this up, Bob gave it one star and then was like, I have come up with several ways this movie could be improved. And then he did a bullet list of his ideas <laughs> for the movie. This is the last one. Oh, good a tragic ending in which the writer is brutally murdered. This is perhaps the most radical reform I've proposed, but to me, a happy ending is not befitting of a horror movie. At the end, the killer should watch, should find the writer and kill her slowly, perhaps in a similar way to her friend was killed, but only with one stabbing motion, which penetrates her deep into her abdomen. That would really crush our souls, and as a horror movie, it would fulfill its purpose
0: what yeah, so he fuck. not
1: only wanted the heroine to die but knew exactly how she should be
0: killed oh my god that messed up? What?
1: so i was like thinking about him saying if horror movies shouldn't have happy endings and i was like that's bullcrap mm. have yeah, you seen I texas disagree. chainsaw massacre i mean they're obviously like conditional happy endings like even this one mm-hmm. is like maddie's hand is crushed she probably won't be able to sign normally and she's traumatized yeah. for life but she survives i just feel like mm-hmm. Mackenzie, this is probably a good way to close our our first episode. I feel like men have such a different relationship to these movies than we do.
0: Yes, well, I think they watch it kind of for fun, mm-hmm. and they're and I mean, in a lot of horror movies, I feel like women are hypersexualized. But I think we watch it because we are afraid of these things that happen to women in real life, yes. <laughs> and we just want to feel like, I guess. I don't know, like like someone sees that. Mm-hmm. Like when that one guy was like, it's not that hard to load a fucking crossbow.
1: I'm like, well, I've, you know, I've never loaded a crossbow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was impressed that she even like figured it <laughs> out. I probably struggle
1: loading a crossbow. Um, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I, I think that the horror movies rely on a female perspective to engender empathy sometimes for the person who's being hunted. And obviously there are a lot of horror movies, I would think, particularly with like slasher movies of the eighties, in which you see from the killer's perspective quite often. But I I'm just disturbed by people who don't who are rooting for the killer in these scenarios.
0: Yeah. It is disturbing. I one of my favorite parts of Hush was when um I mean she first she it's when she sees uh him through the window in the back, where yeah. the, he he's like ha- using his, her friend's dead uh. hand and like and, and like hitting it against the window, um, and she kind of just had enough with him taunting her and just turns away. Mm-hmm. And he and she can't hear him and she can't see him anymore because she turns away and she just walks away. And you can see him get really frustrated and just really angry that she is ignoring him. And, I mean, she's doing it because she's traumatized, but I also am like, yeah, fuck you. Like, you can't taunt her, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it felt really cool to see her just walk away. Definitely, like. yeah. I, I I also like that the cat was Yes,
1: bitch. okay, I, I only caught that on my, like, third viewing of this movie. Because they refer to it as bitch <laughs> throughout the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I also just want to say that this woman, before she's attacked by a homicidal maniac, has a pretty sweet place up in the mountains with nice neighbors who just want to talk about her writing
0: it's the dream she's just like chilling with wine and trying to make herself she's trying to treat herself to a cool meal but she fails at it another reason she's so relatable yeah i know Uh, that's so true okay what would you rate this movie i would say eight out of ten i would say eight out of ten too
1: i know we're just copying each other now or i'm just copying you every time But (laughs) yeah, I, I thought this was a great movie. I totally understand, um, the deaf community wishing that it had been a deaf protagonist. Yeah. And I hope these sort of casting, casting decisions, um, change as people are more aware.
0: I hope they get better. Me too. I agree. How should we end this thing? Um, wait, we have an outro. No, we we don't. (laughs) Oh, it just says outro.